3: And a good Thursday morning, Birds fans. Appreciate you streaming on in here on Birds 365. You got Mac and Mac, McMullet and McDonald hanging with you for the next couple hours. want to thank our buddy New Jersey Fishing Maniac on the stream for jumping in and reminding everybody, hit that like button. That's always a good way to start the show. Go ahead. Give us some love. Hit the like button as you stream in here early. All right. see, uh, you're Making the uh, request now probably not a smart thing because we only got about 40 people checking in and we hope to have upwards of four hundred later on. So we might repeat that request a little bit later. <laughs> but thanks to New Jersey fishing maniac for thinking of us. Yeah but a little, I,
4: little little uh negative this week. A little uh people are a little down uh eight and oh to eight and one. I'm a little surprised. No, you everyone is no I, I am a little surprised. I I'm surprised how quickly people have gone from I can't, not everybody, obviously, but there's a lot of people that have gone from, um, you know, I can't see a loss on the impending schedule to I can't see a win on it. I don't know how you do that so quickly. That's some whiplash right yeah, there. A l- l- little bit,
3: and uh, in defense of those individuals, and I am not one of them, but I'll try and defend them here, play devil's advocate kid for a second. Not just the loss, but the loss of Dallas Goddard added to that yeah, the
4: injuries to me are a far bigger deal than the actual loss, right
3: and uh, and you can certainly say people are uh, acknowledging and feeling the pinch of those injuries and it's legit because when we left the air yesterday johnny mack 22 hours ago uh we did not know if dallas goddard was even going to go on the injured reserve list maybe yeah. it was only going to be a couple of weeks oh no Four at a minimum, and it could be longer than that. We we won't know until we get a little further down the road because we know the uh, Eagles are like the Secret Service in uh, keeping injury information to themselves, getting that competitive advantage. Uh, and Nick Ceriani talked about it at length yesterday. We don't know when Dallas Goddard's coming back.
5: Yeah.
4: Um, you're right about the Eagles now, I you know behind the scenes i've heard ac joint injury and that uh typically can be a a two to four week injury on on the lesser uh part of the scale if it's not as serious four to six weeks if it's more serious so what it would indicate obviously by he's going to miss four games it would indicate the more serious part of it so if you figure six weeks as the ceiling um still not the worst thing in the world, not good by any stretch of the imagination, but you got to persevere. We talked about it a lot. This is a player you can't replace, and Nick Sirianni talked about it after the show. I mean, you don't just <laughs> insert somebody and say, do what Dallas Goddard does. So, you know, it's got to be a combination of Jack Stoll and Grant Calcaterra, maybe Tyree Jackson, maybe Noah Tungiai at some point. But yeah, I mean, it more than that, it's got to be a, a change to more Quez Watkins and more Zach Pascal. I think, than, you know, the tight end screens. You can pretty much wipe them out. Maybe you can throw one to Calcaterra every once in a while, try to surprise somebody. But it's not going to be a staple any longer of your offensive play calling. Certainly shouldn't be. Um, and we'll see how they handle it. Um, they've been very good offensively, adjusting. Um, uh, over the past two seasons since Nick has gotten here, uh, but this is a big one, no doubt about it. That is a that is a that that is a big injury. And back when they were eight, no, I remember saying that week injuries are the one thing that can up you know they can destroy anybody's season, and that's that's a big one.
3: Acknowledged, as per Nick Sirianni yesterday, and I believe him and I think he's telling you the 100% truth, uh, that there is no one individual that's going to replace Dallas Goddard. It it takes a village to replace Dallas Goddard. We all uh, understand that and agree on that. But if there's one guy who's going to be asked to do the most with help, because it's not going to be one guy, but if you were to stack them in order of those who are going to uh, be tasked to do Dallas Goddard-like things, who do you think that number one guy is?
4: Jack Stoll. Absolutely Um, right. Yeah, Jack's the backup tight end. Jack is, you know, he's going to play the most. Uh, You know, Nick mentioned that Jalen trusts him. Uh, He's a smart player. He's in the right spots. That's, you know, a lot of what you want from backup players is just don't make egregious mistakes. And, you know, just do the things you're supposed to do. And Jack Stoll um, played a lot to begin with. He's, you know, he plays a lot. So um, we don't know uh, much about Grant Calcaterra at this stage. Uh, they like a ceiling as a pass catcher. He's not a very good blocker. We understand that. Hasn't played much. Tyree Jackson, we haven't seen in a calendar year. And I think people forget he was a quarterback making the transition to tight end he's not it's not like he's been playing tight end for his entire life um so you know he's another outlier he's got tremendous athleticism um and he hope he can develop but you can't just say oh tyree's back from a calendar year of of not practicing he's going to be a difference maker i mean that's pie in the sky as they say jody so jack Stoll is going to be the guy he's going to be the guy in 11 personnel that's the tight end um, and they're probably going to play less 12 and 13 than they have um, because they lost a really good player. And their better players, their better backup players are receivers. So y- it stands to reason you go heavier with the receivers.
3: Here's the reason why I think it's going to be Jack Stoll above and beyond everything else. And you just gave us, <coughs> excuse me, four or five great reasons why. Here's the number one in my mind. I think the Eagles may actually revert a little bit to the 2021 Eagles, which you'll remember got off to a two and five start and the coaching staff came together and said, listen, we got to get the season turned around. And what do we do best? We run behind our offensive line and they became a running team, a run dominant team. A big part of that last year and Eagles success running the football this year is Dallas Goddard. Because this side of uh, Kittle in San Francisco, he might be the best blocking tight end in football. He is a monster when it comes to adding to the offensive line in run blocking. He, uh, he has had some plays this year where I've, I have I I watch every Eagle game and I I record it. And I uh, take notes and write down times, circle big plays. Dallas Goddard blocks have been plays that I've circled several times. during, And you just don't think of... Ooh, tight end with a big block. Oh, Dallas Carter does that. And Jack Stall, at least uh, as per ratings and what we all believe, not breaking down game film like the coaches do, he is far and away their best blocking tight end. So I, I, I think who's going to replace Dallas Carter catching the football? Nobody. Uh, I don't know that they have that guy. Don't expect Tyree Jackson or Calcaterra or Jack Stall to come <clears throat> in here. And have a 75-yard game. I don't believe that's going to happen. So the thing they're probably worried about most losing Dallas Goddard is what he adds and brings to the running game. I think without Goddard, they may try and run it a little bit more than they have up to this point this year. And the guy who probably help them do that the most is Jack Stall.
4: Yeah, no, I, and he's, you know, the most ready to play, the one who does play, the most experienced. And I I think that was notable that uh, Nick said uh, the quarterback trusts him because as a receiver, the receiving part of the game, uh, the worst thing you can do is, is fool the quarterback. So if the quarterback trusts you, that's a big deal. Um and, yeah, he's by far the best blocker they have at tight end. I mean, Grant Calcaterra is is not known for his blocking, and Tyree Jackson wasn't even a tight end, so blocking isn't um, his forte, and Jack was brought in to be a blocking tight end. Uh, my biggest, I think the biggest thing they'll miss about Dallas Goddard, the skill set's obvious. I mean, there's only, you know, maybe five people on the planet that can even be in the conversation with him uh that per skill set at tight end but so that's that part's obvious what he brings to the offense is an unpredictability because normally when other offenses are in 11 they're going to throw the ball uh, you know that's that's what they want to do uh but the eagles because of Dallas's blocking ability they can run the ball and they're statistically they're more effective running from 11 than they are from 12 or 13, which is counterintuitive, but people think they're going to pass, and all of a sudden they run with the tight end, and they're surprised by it. Now, when you're 12 and 13, you know people are more alert for the run, and the Eagles can pass out of those formations because the, the tight end is so good as a receiver, and it creates this unpredictability. You saw it when their offense was humming. A lot of that is... We always say the defense is on the heels. The defense doesn't know what's coming. They don't know what's coming because they're looking at they're looking at their keys. All right, they're gonna run the football. They're gonna run the football. Here they come, they throw the football, and vice versa. Um that's gonna be missing without Dallas Goddard. And you could try some different things. You can trend bust, as I said, and and they will, but it's not gonna be the same because people aren't going to be threatened nearly as much. Um by the other players.
3: So now you have to root and hope that it is only a four-week injury. You know it's going to be a minimum of four weeks because they put him on IR. It may be more than that, and it could end up being a massive injury for uh, the Eagles staff to deal with. All right, uh, staying on the injury front, um, did you watch Marlon to come off the field injured on Monday night against the Commanders?
4: No, I didn't he, notice uh, it on television. I, and you were I there at the goes. game. No. Um, but I'll also note that um, and I know where you're going, and I went there as well. Um, I said, you know, does this have more to do with trying to get Lindball Joseph in here, which we'll talk about? Um, and trying to sort of stash Marlin. Uh, but I will note I didn't know Dallas Goddard was injured. He p- he played through the injury. Uh, Marlon played through the injury. One thing about the NFL is it, that's changed from the days and you and I have been around for far too long, Jody. So we remember all the way back to George Alton was famous for stashing players, stashing players, you know, they're not ready, but stash them on injury reserve, keep them around, keep them in your organization. You used to be able to do that. You can't do it as much now. Now, while I say that there's some wiggle room because everybody's banged up in the NFL. So you can, you, you guys play through injuries all the time. AJ Brown could go on IR tomorrow. If he, he wasn't going to play through this ankle injury, you could put them in there and legitimize it and, and, and document it. But you also have to document the stuff. And when, you know, you're trying to stash a bunch of guys on injured reserve. They will stop that. So he's hurt. How hurt? You know, could he play through it? That's the interesting part. Like, and in other words, did their reaction, were they going to sign? And, and, and Nick Ceriani was asked this and he said, no, we like Marlin, blah, blah, blah. Were they going to sign Lindball Joseph? If Marlin was healthy, that's the question. Uh, I hope to get the bottom up someday soon. Um, I think they wanted to sign Linball no matter what. Um, they claim that they like Marlin as a player, but and and I do think they I think there's I don't think there's a hundred percent either side. I do think they like Marlon as a player, but he's not in the role he should be in. So that, to me, is the biggest issue. One of the, and this is one of the very few mistakes Howie Roseman did had while building this roster is not having a backup for Jordan Davis. And by that, I mean, same thing with Dallas Goddard. I'm not talking about having somebody who can come in and be a star. I'm saying somebody who can play that role and is comfortable in that role. A true nose tackle. Now, I don't know. Linball Joseph was a great nose tackle. I mean, that's the player, actually. Literally the player the Eagles want Jordan Davis to become. That's how good <clears throat> a nose tackle he was. But he's 34. Right. You know, Robert Quinn was a great pass rusher. Last year he was a great pass rusher. Yeah, I I see no evidence in Chicago or Philadelphia he's still a great pass rusher. So it can happen quickly in this league. And he's 34, and he hasn't played all season. Now, I think he hasn't played because he hasn't wanted to play. wanted to be with a contender. He thinks he has an opportunity to go steal a ring, as they say. I think he can still play. He's not what he once was, but he's the perfect, perfect fit if he's the old Linval Joseph for what this team wants. Yeah. I'm,
3: I'm, and I don't know. I don't have my finger on the pulse of the general manager, whispers and wires guys like getting paid. And if Linval Joseph had a legitimate offer to play for somebody, I don't think he turned one down because yeah, I don't really think they're going to be able to win. So I'm going to pass on that. And well, stay no, un- that, I mean, stay he, he's
4: playing, he's playing for the veteran minimum. So that's, you know, at 34, like that's part of in in my opinion, and this is only my opinion. I haven't talked to the guy yet. He wasn't there yesterday. You know, that's the way this league works, unfortunately, for veteran players. You know, you go from these highly paid, he's made a lot of money over his career to, to this, and and they say to themselves, well, I'm not paying for that. And then you say, I'm not paying for that for some crap team who's going to say, yeah, I'll bring you in and pay you the veteran minimum. But maybe if he can go steal a ring, that's where I think he comes into play. But yeah, if he had a legitimate three-year deal for a lot of money, like he's used to making, yeah, he would have signed the contract with anybody, but that's not there for 34 year olds in this league. That's just never going to be there. That's the way this industry works. Yeah.
3: Sorry, John. I disagree with you. Um, Veteran minimum unemployed. Veteran minimum, unemployed. Yes, the veteran minimum doesn't jump off the page. Unemployed surely does, as in you're not getting paid anything. So if if you realize that that's what you're going to have to play for, for any of the 32 teams, nobody's offering you. Uh, when the offer comes, it's going to be the veteran minimum. Yeah. I, I, I Do you know of any other team that offered him any contract during this offseason?
4: Uh, no, but I haven't talked to him. Right. I, I guarantee you somebody offered Linval Joseph a contract because he played well enough last year. I mean, I guarantee you, I mean, I'll dig and I'll buy, I, I guarantee he had offers. I mean, this is, you know, this, this guy played at a relatively high level last year, but he's old. Um, You know, people don't like paying old players in this league. I I'm surprised you disagree with that. Now if it's not the case, as I said, and Robert Quinn is a perfect example of this, he he went from 18 and a half sacks to uh, 129 to 130 on pro football. I mean that is kind of hard to explain. Uh, the drop off happens quickly um in this league and that's part of the reason why nobody won nobody's going to offer him a two-year contract um but I feel very comfortable saying Lindball Joseph got offers. Same with Indominic Sue. Since day one, now I know Indominic and Sue has offers. He's not playing. I, I, I know Odell Beckham Jr. has offers. He's not playing. Right. I mean, there are people who make decisions for other reasons. They're not just going to come back to play, especially when they've made a ton of money. Over their careers,
3: how much, how much do you believe Linval Joseph made over his career? Oh. I would suggest less than Deshaun Watson's gonna make this year.
4: Well, he's a nose tackle, Jody, against the largest contract. He's made forty million dollars. I mean, how, how much? How much? He signed two huge contracts. He signed one huge. He signed three contracts that were significant. His first one, coming off his, he was a second round pick, so he make decent money in New York. Then he signed a huge deal with Minnesota. Then he was a two-time Pro Bowl selection. Then he got an extension, and then he got a good deal with uh, Los Angeles. Uh, uh, when he left Minnesota, this guy's made a lot of money, Jody. Okay, now he's made quarterback money, but he's made a lot of money in his well,
3: career. Uh, it's all right. Re- it's it's in comparison one to the other, and yeah, some positions are much more highly paid than others. But when you say he's made a lot of money, well, no. Deshaun Watson's
4: made a lot of money. He's made good defensive well, I mean, tackle money. His his first all right. His first contract four years fifty million, which he played out in Minnesota. Then he signed for five years thirty one million. I think he saw three years of that. Then then he had the uh, a two year deal for seventeen million with the Chargers. I mean, if that's not a lot of money, I don't know what a lot of money is. That's as much oh, money I, as I a nose tackle is going to Flet- Fletcher make. Fletcher Cox this league.
3: has made a lot of money. Fletcher Cox has made more money
4: playing under the same tackle. Yes, that is the most money a nose tackle is going to make in this league. This is the problem with people with Jordan Davis, and they say, "Well, just play Milton Williams." They play different positions. Fletcher Cox plays a different position. Fletcher Cox plays Aaron Donald's position. Aaron Donald makes more than nose tackles. For a nose tackle, Ball Joseph has made as much money as anyone in the NFL over the past decade. Anyone. Okay.
3: But, uh, again, you, you just want to uh, keep him in that nose tackle position, which is where he plays. But uh, when you, you use a phrase like he's made a lot of money. Made a lot of money for a nose tackle. Not made a lot of money as compared to other football players. Uh, I, and my I position is that I... he's not – making this decision based on the fact that the Eagles rate one, I think he's making this decision on the fact that the Eagles offered him a contract, whatever that contract is. Um, you don't know. I don't know. Neither one of us know, but I stand top of what's going on in the league pretty well. I've heard no one say they've had interested in signing on Joseph and had offered him a contract. Well, I don't know what at whatever say. level it is.
4: If $80 million isn't a lot of money for a nose tackle, I don't know what to say, but if you're okay. telling me, if you're telling me Linval Joseph or Indominus Sioux is going to play for the Houston Texans because they get a one-year veteran min- minimum deal, I don't agree with you. He's coming back to play with a contender. And if he didn't get an offer from a contender, he probably wouldn't be playing. And I'm not saying he can play because I don't know. He's 34 years old. But I, I, he's not taking a deal from the stinking Houston Texans. I guarantee you that. I mean, there are other reasons people decide to walk away from the game. We've seen people walk away at, at the apex of their careers. Everybody's different, Jody. Everybody's Understood. different.
3: And the Houston Texan, yes, unless he's a, a Texas guy and he wants to just go home and it's convenient for him.
4: There are a handful of
3: teams that are probably going to be eliminated that he'd say, yes, not playing is better than the veteran minimum for that team. I bet you there's 20 teams he would play for that you would consider to use yeah. your word contenders. If they had offered him a contract more than half of the league. Well, well, hopefully, hopefully, contenders.
4: hopefully we'll get to talk to him today. Hopefully uh, he'll give us some information. Uh, but yeah, you and I are just going to disagree because this guy has made a shitload of money in his NFL career. So, I mean, he, he, I that's just agree to disagree there.
3: Yeah um and i'm not disagreeing that he's made good made, made very good money for a defensive tackle but i i disagree with your stance that he's coming to the eagles because they're the eagles because they're 8 and 1 i'm saying he would have signed previously had a team a, a, a non basement team a non non contender team a team that's in the middle of the pack of the nfl if they had offered him a contract, I think he would have signed earlier. This is pretty late, John, nine weeks into the season to not be on a ride. Yeah, and
4: no, I, I I, firmly believe he wouldn't be playing if they weren't a good team. He wouldn't have come back. And he, and he talked to Justina Anderson, by the way, Justina, and that's the first thing he said, chance to win a Super Bowl
3: which is an obvious answer when you join the team. Once you, once you put pen to paper, it's pretty obvious to say, yeah, I'm, I'm coming here because we've got a chance to win the Super Bowl. I think 30 out of 30 guys in this position would say the same exact thing. i John McMahon, I'm Jody McDonald. We got our
6: buddy, Special Ed Kratz.
3: He's up next, Sports Illustrated. Maven joins us here on Birds 365
6: don't wait until after thanksgiving for leftovers it's the new leftover sales event at jeff D'Ambrosio destination Downingtown. jeff must get rid of hundreds of new 2022 vehicles on the lot rams grand cherokees wranglers jeff has them all for less jeff has reduced prices and payments to the lowest they've been all year and jeff knocks down high interest rates save thousands more than anywhere else plus get more for any trade or lease return you always win at jeff's great selection best price hurry in now jeff d ambrosio destination Downingtown. nobody treats you better
2: University, our graduates are among the most highly trained in their profession because of our unique emphasis on research, interprofessional collaboration, and early clinical exposure. Learn more about our programs at salas.edu.
3: Welcome guys, here with you on Birds 365. We're closing in on the Eagles' return to the field after their Monday night loss to the Washington C- Commanders. Uh, I think John and I are both less worried about the fact that they lost the game, that they lost Dallas Goddard, and they also have some other injuries that they have to deal with. What is the state of the Eagles? We bring in Ed Kratz because he knows better than anybody on the planet. Ed Kratz, right now, what is the state of the Philadelphia
4: Eagles?
5: 8-1. and one yeah
4: what's eight and one we're playing eight and one football Jim
5: Schwartz would say eight and one I mean come on I, listen that's middle of November game. until their first loss you know yeah. the biggest concern for me is it was it happened in the NFC East you know this division's very good this year and to me it Shocking looks like league. they might not do any better than three and three they have two left with the Giants split Ooh. they have one left with the Cowboys they'll probably lose three and three Ooh. is that going to be good Ooh. enough to win i i think it will because i think you take care of business outside the nfc east and is uh, it good
4: enough to get you the first seed because that's the goal i don't
5: that's know the, the vikings goal. are right there now with one loss they're you know the eagles really are a game ahead because they have that tiebreaker uh, on the head by head. the way and
4: maybe both of you guys because you get the si odds jody you're a gambling guy why the hell is dallas favorite over minnesota and the game's in minnesota
5: well, that's, that's a good question. Maybe because they think, "Hey, Minnesota had this, you know, uh, huge win uh, in in uh, Buffalo." Yeah, that might, that, that might play into it. That might play into it. That's legit. That I'm like also. a
3: seasoned gambling uh, gambler there, Ed Kratz. I didn't, I didn't think that was the case. Yeah. By the way,
4: I don't necessarily disagree because I haven't believed in Minnesota of the Giants all season, but I, I was just surprised to see that line. Um, how many points and is it? What is the line? I, know I think favorite. Dallas is favored by one. So it's not um, significant, yeah. but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's a road game and the home team's eight and one. And that's typically a, a difficult place to play. It just stood out to me. But uh, it's Birds 365. So we got to talk about the Eagles. Now, the Eagles are on the road. Um, I I told Jody, and I'm surprised. I want to ride and run this by you, Ed. I'm surprised how quickly it. Not everybody, but a portion of the fan base has gone from I don't see a loss on the schedule to the pearl clutching of I don't see a win on the schedule. And Jonathan Taylor, how are they going to stop Jonathan Taylor and Aaron Jones and Saquon Barkley and blah, blah, blah. 8-1. I, I, I mean, and by the way, Nick Sirianni isn't letting Jim Ur- Ursa off the hook this week. I'm very confident in the Eagles this week. Where are you?
5: Yeah, I'm I'm uh I'm probably you know down the middle here. Uh I was concerned about this game against Washington. I thought it, it could be a loss. Yeah,
4: you, you were all weak, but you didn't show the courage of your convictions. Ed all week was saying the Eagles are gonna lose this game, and then at the end, I think he went Eagles by a field goal. You I pegged did
5: it. I, I did. Um my bad there. Um but that's why I don't gamble. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, there's are legitimate concerns with the running backs you mentioned. Um, but this is Philadelphia, right? There, it's the, it's the city of overreaction, uh, more or less, you know, you don't see a loss on the schedule when they're sitting there at six and 0, seven and 0, eight and 0. And now they lose a the game. And it's like, Oh my gosh, I, you know, the sky's falling. I don't, I don't see a win here. Um, it's probably that way in a lot of cities. Um, but, uh, there's wins left on this schedule. I mean, the Eagles are yeah. a good team and yeah, you know, I, you know, there's been a lot of talk about refocusing and regathering this week after that loss. And I could certainly see it. I think, I think the Eagles just overlooked the, the commanders. I think they just kind of, they were, they weren't ready. They hadn't played in a long time. So their mental edge was probably wasn't what it needed to be. I think it's good that they're on a short week. They only have six days instead of the normal seven or whatever it is to get ready for this game or to play this game. So, uh i like that fact and i and i think that loss could be galvanizing now you know we've seen teams go eight and oh before and i think all of them i think it's happened 10 times and i think all of them made the playoffs but some teams have really hit the skids like andy reed's kansas City
4: arizona last was it last, last year. year last, yeah, year. last yeah. year
5: andy reed went two and five over the last uh seven games after hitting uh nine and oh so uh you know it could happen that they don't play as well, but I don't think that'll be the case. I, I think there are definitely wins left on this schedule, and and they'll get the get the job done. All right, Ed uh, Nick Sirianni said yesterday uh, that Linval Joseph
3: gave them a hard time last year playing for the Chargers in a game that uh, LA was in here and, and beat the Eagles. Yet they didn't sign him till Marlon Tui Polota went on injured reserve. So that tells me they think Linval Joseph is better than big Marvin Wilson. Uh, what, what can Eagle fans expect from Linval Joseph stepping in here for the next couple of weeks? Because the coach was uh, selling it pretty good yesterday. Joseph's going to be able to come in and play, even though he hasn't been on a field in 10 months.
5: <laughs> you know, I, I listen, I I get the sense that, Linval Joseph wouldn't be here if Marlon Tui-Piloto didn't get hurt. Um, but once he went down, they placed a call to uh, Linval Joseph instead of Kong Su uh, and said, why don't you come in and play nose tackle for us? And we don't know what kind of shape he's in or condition he's in. Someone sent me a, an Instagram that he put out there that showed him working out and being ready and talking about his two daughters. And, you know, he, he still wants to play and he's waiting for the right opportunity. And he looked in good shape. It showed him working out. He's so, big
4: So I can, I can confirm yeah. he's big.
5: <laughs> yeah. You know, what did he weigh like 350 pounds or something when yeah, he played? I'm sure he uh, hasn't lost any weight. So yeah. if anything, he's probably gained a few pounds, but there's teams are still going to have to block him. It's not like, you know, we can just ignore Linval Joseph in the middle you know, you're still going to have to send a blocker at him, maybe two. Uh, so I, I think he'll help this team. I It's going to be interesting to see how many plays he has against Jonathan Taylor and the Colts on Sunday. But, yeah, I think he can still play. But Robert Quinn really hasn't showed yeah, any ability to continue anything. playing. Um, but I think Linval Joseph might, might be a little different, and I think he'll help the team. He, this team on the run defense certainly could use some help. Uh, In the middle, Um, you know, Javon Hargrave is having a a terrific season, a half sack away from his career high has seven, but he's not a run stopper, really. He's a very good pass rusher. And then Fletcher Cox, I mean, you know, he hasn't played, you know, overwhelmingly well at all. Uh, You know, he played all those snaps on on Monday night, 70 snaps. And he feels like crap, by the
4: way. Yeah, he,
5: he said he didn't feel real good body wise. So, uh, but what else were they going to do? I mean, it was a it was a bad rotation. You didn't go into the game thinking you were going to have to take 83 reps on defense. No, no. Uh, but you know, you mentioned Marvin Wilson. I think he would have at least given them. You knew that Washington was going to run the ball. Why wouldn't you play Marvin Wilson? He's not a typical nose center. He can play any spot along that D line. But at least he was able to provide some reps. And maybe in his second straight start or uh, game, he, he would have played better than he did in Houston. Yeah, I was a little surprised they didn't elevate more. I, I was very surprised. Game. Absolutely. Um, but, but I think they should have. Yeah, they uh, should have turned to- Linval's better, and he'll be a better option in the middle for the defense. Yeah. Now, you bring
4: up a good point. And, you know, I was thinking about this yesterday. The 83 reps, I mean, that was part of the issue. Now, there's no um, – you know, the defense isn't going to get indicted for getting off the field. It's it's certainly partially their problem that they can get off the field. But I think the dislike of Jonathan Gannon and, and, and the way he plays defense uh, for a lot of the fan base, again, not everybody, but a lot of the fan base has sort of masked what a poor performance the offense had in that and the fact that they were off the field so quickly, whether it was turnovers, three and outs. Um, you know, if if I told you before that game, Ed, uh, the Eagles, Washington would run the football 45 times, whatever it was, I think it was more than that. 49, um, 49 times. 49 times. They'd averaged 3.1 yards per carry. Their longest run would be 11 yards. Would you think we'd be talking about how bad the run defense was?
5: Well, you know, that that's a number that you could throw out there, but really it helped set up the play action stuff too, that Washington was able to keep the Eagles off balance. And, you know, they had some wide open receivers because, you know, they, they they tried to stop the run at some point and the play action was more effective because they were able to run the football. And, Yeah, if you told me they were running the ball 49 times and they averaged 3.1 yards a game, I'd say the Eagles are in trouble because that's a time of possession thing when you're able to run the ball. Yeah, but that's that's kind of my point. Doesn't
4: that also factor with the offense? Was it kind of getting a pass?
5: Absolutely. I mean, listen, the Eagles had six minutes of time of possession in the first half, and – so I know the numbers are skewed, but, you know, they they ran the ball. They got that turnover at the 18-yard line on Josh Sweat's fumble, and they ran it. You know, Jalen Hurts runs for 12 on a designed run. Yeah. Austin Scott picks up five, and then Hurts sneaks it in. And then it becomes a passing show. Um, you know, they needed to run the ball more in the first half to keep, that, keep Washington's offense off the field, and they just kept throwing it. And it was just a bad game plan from – from Sirianni, like we talk about the players, maybe not being sharp after that layoff. I don't think the coaches were any good either. Um, You know, and now they're going to have to make up for it. But I just think that, you know, it was a poor game plan going in. They didn't do well. I thought they got out coached, Um, and, and, And that's what happens. You know, they end up losing. Now, the reason why I'm less perturbed about the offensive coaching
3: than the defensive coaching is the two biggest plays were formals and none of them got coached to fumble. When when Goddard gives the ball up, turns it over, that's not on a coaching decision. When Quez Watkins tries to make a big play, gets up after being down and fumbles the football, that's not on a coaching decision. So that's why I'm a little bit more critical of the defensive coaching game plan this week than the offensive. To that end, Ed, and I did the math last night, uh, the tight end reps for the uh, commanders... Uh, were 123, if you had all three tight ends, Thomas Bates and Rodgers in, they were on the field for 123 snaps, and the uh, commanders had 83 offensive snaps. That means 40 snaps, they had two tight ends on the field, 40 plays during the game. Are you telling me during those 40 plays that Josiah Scott is better suited to potentially stopping the run than putting in the Kobe Dean on the field? As an extra linebacker, and yes, I know they can pass just because they have two tight ends doesn't guarantee they're going to run. Although the, the commanders ran it a lot. Now twenty twenty hindsight, we know what the play calls were. They ran a lot when they were in two tight end. Why wouldn't you put an extra linebacker on the field if the other team's got two tight ends out there?
5: Yeah, I'm not going to tell you that at all. I think they should have put N'Kobe Dean in and I think they should put Nicobe Dean in on Sunday in Indianapolis because I, you know, that's a good way to stop the run. I know John wrote about this and made a good case for, you know, the defensive philosophy to remain the same, but that doesn't mean like you said when they have 12 uh, personnel out there, two tight ends, more often than not you're probably going to run, and but even if they pass, you N'Kobe Dean can cover. Uh, At least he could do it at Georgia. You know, Kaiser White can cover. He showed that ability already this season and in uh, with the Chargers last year. So it's not like if they throw a curveball and throw out a 12 personnel, it's like, oh my gosh, the Eagles are going to get beat here because they don't have guys that can cover. But yeah, I think it's time for N'Kobe Dean to have some kind of role here. Um, You just can't keep running the same scheme and expect different results, right? Isn't that what? Joe Banner said about the definition of sanity to, you know, expect things to change by doing it over and over again or something like that. So there's gotta be something different that they do here. And the Kobe Dean is a linebacker with a pedigree. Why not get him involved somehow? Why not carve out a role? And I'm not saying, you know, 40, 50 snaps. I mean, playing for 15 to 20 snaps, you know, try to, play that game of chess to match up with the other team, whatever they decide to do with their tight ends. And even even without their tight ends, you know, you could still use Nicobe Dean on the field. And do you like him better than Josiah Scott? I I would say probably, yeah, I I do. Uh, If Maddox was still healthy, then maybe not so much. But uh, yeah, I would take Nicobe Dean over Josiah Scott and I would try something different and go with three linebackers to try to stop the run a little bit better. Yeah,
4: I, I, to me, it comes down to, look, the Eagles play defense the way they play defense, and most Philadelphia fans don't like the way, the style they play defense. I think it's got more to do with the back end than the front, because um, their whole uh, defense is built on, you know, quarters coverage or or, or cover two, cover six, depending on, on, on what they're going to play. And all of a sudden, uh, if you mix with that, if you miss mix with one part of it, uh, you're, you're messing with the back part of it. Um, and that's why Lindball's here because they didn't have the big nose tackle to take up two blocks. And all of a sudden it starts showing up and it starts showing up. And I think that's, you know, one of the big mistakes, one of the few mistakes that, Howie Roseman made in building this roster, not having a backup, a, a true backup to Jordan Davis at nose tackle, uh, and that's why they they went so quickly and and tried to solve that issue. We'll see if they did solve the issue. With Nakobe Dean, I think you know, I think it complicates things because he was so good in college and he was so good at Georgia, and people remember, and he had such a big reputation. And are like, how do you, how do you not get Nakobe Dean on the field? If he's getting on the field, he's getting on the field for Kaiser White. So that, to me, is the question. Do you want him on the field instead of Kaiser White? And I think, by the way, maybe the most overrated player by the fan base through eight games was Kaiser White. So I think that's the better case, to be honest. They're not taking the nickel off the field. Honestly,
3: and I think that the defensive coordinator should have more than just this narrow focus ability to do it because they got beat this week by the commanders with Taylor Heineke and James Robinson. They're facing better quarterbacks and better running backs coming up in these next few weeks. And if Jonathan Gannon's attitude is, Hey, our defense is our defense and I ain't changing. Eagles
4: could be screwed. Well, then let me frame it this way. Larger picture. Who's overreacting? Who's underreacting? reacting? Eight and one, number three defense in the NFL. Why are you changing from that?
5: I just think because of that, what Washington was able to do on the ground, what Houston was able to do on the ground, even though they didn't win. The Eagles kind of they, they run defense has been leaky for the last month now, and they've been able to overcome it because they had these historic second quarters where they outscored teams at a ridiculous rate. So they had leads and they were okay with letting a team try to come back on the ground. As long as they didn't get beat over the head, let them chew up some clock on the ground instead of hitting a big play over the top and kind of shorten that comeback. So they were okay with that, but against Washington, they didn't score a single point in the second quarter. They let, they trailed at halftime for the first time this year by six points it was completely different than what they saw. So Washington stuck with the run. And I I think you just can't shrug that off and say, well, okay, that was an anomaly. You have to look at it very harshly and say, what can we do differently? And like Jody said, I mean, if it means a role for Dean, and I'm not saying take Kaiser White off the field, Dean's been cross-trained and Kaiser White's been in this league. I mean, you can put three linebackers on the field. There's no rule that says you can't use three linebackers. And then if you have a slot, Receiver, you know, maybe you bring uh, you play a one safety deep with Epps back there, and you bring Chauncey Gardner Johnson into into the slot or a little closer to the line to pay attention to that slot receiver. I mean, there there are things you can do uh, to to try to stop another team from running against you. Yeah, you're eight and one, but if you can't figure out what teams are doing and they're going to run at you, and a eight and one becomes eight and two or eight and three, then you have a problem and and why wait until that point? Why not try to kind of be proactive and figure out how to do it and try something a little different schematically?
4: Yeah. I mean, there's different ways. And, and you mentioned, I was surprised that uh, uh, Marcus Epps uh, was moved into the slot um, in Houston uh, when Avante got hurt. Um, there are, there are questions. You can have questions, every week about how things have have blamed out. But that's why I look at that game in Washington. I think the bigger concern was the back end than the than the run defense. Um now I'm not saying the run defense was was great. Um I called it the Leroy Hoard game. They're giving up uh just enough each play to make it difficult on the back end. But the bottom line is you got to get off the field on third down and they had communication issues. Darius Slay probably had his worst game of the year. Isn't that self-correcting? Darius Slay, Darius Slay. I don't expect him to play like that every week. And if you get on the field, if you get off the field on third down, isn't 3.1 isn't the most explosive
5: run of 11 yards? Isn't that acceptable? Well, listen, I, again, I think when you look at the back end, they they had to kind of freeze a little bit with the play action because Washington kept them off balance with that run game. And, you know, once you freeze just that brief second, you're going to get an open receiver to hit, you know, be able to hit in, you know, in the passing game. So I, I think the running really exposed the, the back end's uh, flaws there, and that was just kind of reading and trying to freeze for a second to see if they were going to run and come up and stop the run, and then they didn't and then they were beaten a little bit. So I don't know. You were right about the miscommunication. You know, I, I really think that inactivity, you know, two games in 28 days really impacted them more than they'll admit. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I, I think again, you, you need to be proactive here and you need to find a way to make sure that running game you get all, and you, and that you get off the field. And if you stop the run and you're not able to play action as much, you know, then you'll be able to get off the field. But they were in third and four, I think. All their third downs were third and less than five. Maybe they yeah, were, they they were not good point. on third and short. They're never good on third and short. <laughs> well, you that's... can't give up yards on first and yeah. second down. Then the offense is dictating to the defense, and you're able to do things like play action and hit wide open receivers. I think that was more of the issue with the back end was just they were off balance, and they weren't communicating
3: And they are definitely missing Jordan Davis. There's no doubt about that. Uh, And uh, one of the places that that shows, Ed, is uh, uh, John Mandel. We talked about yesterday. uh, Darius Slate throws in his biggest clunker of a game all year. He's a Pro Bowl-level player. He was playing to a Pro Bowl level the first eight weeks of the season. So you assume, all right, everybody have a bad game. He goes back to being a Pro Bowl-level player. Fletcher Cox was a Pro Bowl player as well a couple of years ago. And there was a drop-off last year. And the drop-off was significant on Monday night against the Commanders. Are we seeing the demise of Fletcher Cox right before our very eyes?
5: <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Every time you write him off, he seems to come up with a big game. Remember we did it last year. Right, and I'm actually...
3: officially doing it, Fletch. So if Ed's <laughs> right, that you, when when we write you off, you come up with a big game. I'm officially <laughs> writing you off here, Fletcher.
5: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, listen, he's not the same player, obviously, that he was you no. know, the first – Nine years or eight years of his career. There's no no doubt, and you know we could be seeing the end of him in Philadelphia uh, unless he wants to come back on a five or six million dollar one year deal. But the Eagles aren't going to give him another fourteen million dollars to come back for a year. Um, you know, you never
4: know with Howie. Howie, loved yeah,
5: him. I I know, but I think part of the reason they brought him back at fourteen was just you know how he has these allegiances and loyalties to a player, and it you know. Fletcher's been here his whole career, so uh, it was an overpayment, no doubt, after what we've seen from him last year and the year before. But, you know, you got to hope that he has something left in the tank. It's not a good sign that he's going to play Sunday, six days after playing 70 snaps, and yesterday saying that, you know, he feels awful. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it's it's not, not a good sign. Yeah, and that wasn't his word, you know, but he yeah. did, he did, his body, he said, didn't feel you real You can good. say the word here. We're on shitty. We, he said he yeah. felt shitty, and yeah. uh, <laughs> I, I'm sorry, mom, if you're if you're watching. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think you know Jody. We've seen Fletch's kind of career crater here toward the last couple years. But again, he's capable of putting together that one game just when you write him off. That thinks, oh, you know, Fletch is back, and then kind of he goes goes back to what he was that we've seen. So. Uh, Maybe he's listening and, you know, he decides that this is going to be the game, but it's definitely a concern when he says his body feels terrible after 70 snaps and now he's got to play again. So, you know, we'll see how he does in Indy. All right, Ed Kratz, last one from me,
4: uh, si.com backslash NFL backslash Eagles. Read Ed Kratz there and me if you want to read me as well. Um, Offense getting off the hook again. We're not talking about the offense at all. And to me, the biggest issue with the build-up Eagles coming out of uh, the Washington game was not about scheme on either side of the ball. It was about Dallas Goddard. And they lost Dallas Goddard for at least four games. Nick Sirianni was honest. Uh, nobody's going to replace him. It's going to take a bunch of players. I think it's got more to do with Quez Watkins and Zach Pascal now because they're your better options um, than – the Jack Stolls, the Grand Calcateras, the Tyree Jacksons of the world. How do you think the Eagles are going to handle the
5: absence
4: of, of Dallas
5: Goddard? Well, I mean, I think, you know, and Nick even said there'll probably be more targets for A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith now because, you know, he always said this offense runs through Goddard, Brown, and Smith. So you'll probably see an increase in targets. I, you know, where you might miss him a lot is in the run game. You know, Goddard has made himself into a, a very good uh, blocker at the point of attack and you know this Eagles run game's pretty good and we'll see who can take up those snaps I know Stoll is a good blocker but now you're probably going to send him into coverage I mean what can Grant Calcaterra do you know blocking in the run game I, I don't know I don't think he's really done it a whole lot they activated Tyree Jackson who looks huge by the way I, have you noticed that john i mean he just oh yeah wow well,
4: he's, you know. he's just yeah he's, he's all muscle up he looks yeah. like
5: a completely different guy than he did you know last year so you know what's his role going to be can he can he block but i think that's where you're probably going to see the eagles miss dallas most is in the in the run game um because he was a good blocker and i'm not sure they have a blocker that's a backup at tight end that can block you know i don't think calcaterra can i'm not sure jackson can Um, this would be the richard rogers spot but he's on the chargers Chargers. yeah Yeah. i know i know i saw that he caught a pass on sunday night against the 49ers i'm like what What? richard rogers i didn't know he was playing still playing but yeah this you're right this would be the veteran spot we saw richard rogers come in and make some plays when the injuries happened at tight end a couple years ago but he's not there so now you know yeah calcaterra can catch he can get open but any block i mean that to me is the most important thing is who's going to fill that blocking role to get the goddard leaves behind
3: the much missed dick rod not here with the eagles um
5: <laughs> can you say I, that can you say that here
3: uh, we just did um <laughs> here's my my final one ed and i thought we were going to be talking about this on street 365 this week and it is completely drifted off the radar because a the eagles lost and b the eagles are dealing with injuries I thought this might be the week that something leaked out of the Eagles' free agents. Who is hmm. Howie trying to get a deal done with? He's famous for picking yeah. people they think are part of the, the the foundation of the team and getting a deal done before they get to the free agency. Did as many deals last year: Sweat and Maddox and Goddard and Milada. This year there have been none. He yeah. hasn't gotten any done. And uh, John and I have discussed. Your leverage has been more on the player's side than ownership side because there ain't no. They keep winning games. Hey, I'm a part of this. You got to pay me. Now they lose. So I thought maybe that would be a conversation this week. They've got bigger fish to fry in dealing with injuries and the like. Well, we're more than halfway through the season, and they haven't gotten any of their many free agents extended and signed to a deal that goes past the end of the season. Is it going to be next week, the week after? Or is it just going to be one of those years where, hey, we're too busy trying to win a Super Bowl to worry about the future? How he's always been great at keeping an eye on the uh, present and an eye on the future and being able to to, to split his focus. we going to get any news
5: along those lines in the next week or two? Yeah, I'm surprised we haven't gotten any so far. You mentioned that they've done these deals in the past. I think last November they did – uh, Goddard, Maddox, now they're both hurt, but you know, you, you can't fault Howie for that, obviously. No. But then they did Jake Elliott last November as well. Um, yeah, I, I, listen, the guys that I think are probably the easiest and John and I have talked about this to do are guys like Marcus Epps, maybe, you know, a guy who's starting in his first year, um, you know, maybe a three year, $18 million deal. I mean, seems easy enough. I think he would take it. I think Epps has proven that he can, be a starter he's played every single stinking snap this season so far and he's been pretty good so you know he's i think he would be kind of an easy one i think tj edwards could be an easy one as well he came in as an undrafted kid in 2019 and the eagles believed in him and he was able to climb the ranks to become a starter i think you know he could be somebody that they could target as sort of an easy type of a signing and then i think isaac siamalu i mean you know, you don't want to lose next year Jason Kelsey and Isaac Siemalu. So I don't know why you wouldn't try to look at Siemalu as well. I know he's had an injury history, but, you know, he's a key part of that offensive line, a very underrated part of that offensive line. And, you know, he might be another guy that you can kind of give maybe a two-year deal to that he would take and stay in Philadelphia. A kid that was drafted here in 2016 with Carson Wentz. So to me, those three make the most sense. I mean, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, be great to sign him, but he's he's looking at like yeah. a million dollar a year deal at this point. Too Maybe much more. leverage on on Too much, that, side That's right going to be an off season yeah. battle, I think, if they want to re sign him. And like I said, I think it starts at fifteen and might climb to eighteen if he keeps, you know, playing the way he's. Eagles aren't
4: paying him that. Um, I mean, he's made a lot of plays, but
5: um, he yeah, he's their playmaker on defense. So that that I, that's not an easy contract to redo. But I, I think those three I mentioned, Edwards, Epps, and siamalu i mean those are three i would be trying to get done right now um and and then leave the others that might be a little bit more challenging until the off season yeah Um, eddie k
3: it is always a pleasure whenever we get you on uh be careful sitting around john i think there's a potential another accident this week uh waiting to happen in indianapolis uh it's going to be cold (laughs) there and mcmahon likes his coffee and it can get
4: a little yeah. active um, i uh, call so it the incident Ed the had incident. an incident it's it's <laughs> I knew it's, you were it's be uh,
5: yeah. yeah it's
4: it's it's spreading there was an <laughs> incident it's contagious
5: yeah but it wasn't as as bad as john no. so it, it wasn't really doesn't bad. rise to my mine was the friendly fire you, you involved spray. other
4: people i think yours was worse who crashed on? nobody uh, uh it was close it was it was near the food the lady who works for the eagles on game day
5: Almost um, oh. some fire. Almost um, just good. water. It's just water, not it's coffee. Water. Didn't get any stains on me. The big coffee stain you wore all night with that coffee <laughs> on the uh, your fire of your blue jeans. Yeah,
4: yeah. Eddie I'm, I'm I'm fighting a losing battle. Yeah, you're
3: you're not coming back from that one, Johnny no. Mac. Uh, Eddie K, thanks, Bud. Uh, we'll talk to you again next uh, week. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks, Congrats here with us on Birds 365. All right, Mac and Mac coming back. Rob Ellis is going to join us in hour number two. Robbie E., which you know from later in the day here on the uh, Jacob uh, Media YouTube channel. Uh, We'll jump aboard here. Also, the host of the Eagles post game show on their radio network. Uh, Looking forward. Haven't had Robbie E on in a couple of months. Mr. Ellis, yet to come here on Birds 365.
2: Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. And the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit.
8: Since 1977, at Rafferty Subaru, we have always been about our customers and the community. Early on, a safe and durable option, we've evolved to become the best overall brand according to Kelly Blue Book. Over the last 14 years, we've donated thousands of dollars through the Subaru Share the Love event and found homes for hundreds of pets. The Rafferty family is proud of our 45 years in business. This month, celebrate our anniversary with special financing on select models. Visit us and see why.
9: The greatest fans on earth.
3: I'm Matt guys John McMullen and Jordan McDonald here with you on Birds 365. We're still assessing how the Eagles lost to the Commanders this past week. And is it going to affect any change going forward this week or any other weeks? Uh, how should the Eagles handle their first loss of the year? And the fact that they've got a couple of areas where they got no choice whatsoever. They have to shoulder on because they have injuries. Dallas Goddard, minimum of four weeks. I.R. Marlon Tuiflotu also lands on I.R. They bring in Linval Joseph, uh, who hadn't played any games this year, bringing him in off his couch. And we'll see if he can do anything for the Eagles this upcoming week. Johnny Mack, should I be worried about the Eagles at wide receiver? Because yesterday, their two star wide receivers ended up on the injured list on the injury report for practice, which was a walkthrough, not a uh, major practice, but a walkthrough. They didn't list them as rests; They listed them as players with injuries. We saw uh, AJ Brown uh, get hurt in the first half of that game, toughed it out, played through it. Maybe it affected his play because he had a big drop and the interception that hurts through came off. AJ Brown's hands. Should their beacons? We're, we're we're figuring how they're going to replace Dallas Goddard. Well, one of the options is, as Ed Kratz just told us, more Brown, more Smith. They'll just throw to the wide receivers more. Well, the right wide receivers have to be healthy and out there? Is there any reason for concern going into the Colts this week that their wide receivers aren't not are not one hundred percent either?
4: Yeah, I, I'm I'm concerned about AJ. Um... I saw him play against Washington, and he wasn't the same after he turned his ankle. He wasn't near uh, what he typically is. So, you know, he's going to play, and everyone's assuming um, he's going to be himself. But I just saw him. He wasn't himself after he turned it. Now, it's a week later, um, and obviously he's undergoing treatment, and maybe it's going to be a lot better. And maybe it's nothing to be worried about, but I gotta see it first because the guy who was out there against Washington wasn't the same guy. Uh with Devante, um, not as worried. I'm more worried, but my my bigger worry about Devontae is they've had trouble mixing him in uh to not necessarily targets, um, because he leads the team in receptions after last week, but um The impactful plays haven't been there as much this year as his rookie season. Um, I think he's averaging just over 10 yards a catch, which is, you know, should be more than that with Devontae Smith. Uh, Maybe that's a silver lining of not having Dallas Goddard. Maybe, you know, he's obviously going to get more involved, more opportunities to make um, bigger splash plays. So maybe that turns out to be a, a little bit of a silver lining, but yeah, we got to see how AJ is physically um, because he wasn't himself that after, and remember he, he turned on ankle on the first reception. So it was essentially the whole game and he didn't have another reception um, in the entire game, I believe. So uh, he was not himself after that uh, ankle injury.
3: All right. I'm going to ask you to speculate a little bit for me here with the game coming up with the Colts on Sunday. Now understand that we can lay it out as best. We think it's going to happen here a couple days ahead of time, but then you get in the game and down in distance happens. The scoreboard happens and that dictates as much as anything else. Uh, you said you thought that they came up a little short running the football in this past game against Washington, that the, the balance wasn't there. 26 to 20 at the end of the game. I think it was pretty damn close to what their average is past the run throughout their 8 no start. Will Goddard's absence affect their running game? I, I think they would like to run the ball more and maybe pass it less because Goddard isn't that receiving option. But I also fear their running game isn't going to be good because there's no Dallas Goddard do you think they run it more or pass it uh, more or do you think it's the same breakout this upcoming week against the Colts? Which yeah. I know, you know, completely I mean, unfair question because we don't yeah. know what the score is going to be.
4: Yeah. Uh, to me, I, I don't really care about the ratio because, you know, tell me, are they up to touchdowns? Are they trying to score? Uh, Cause it's going to be out of whack. The, the problem to me was the first half against Washington. That's where I think it was out of whack. And they were, and the and the frustrating thing was they were running it, as Ed pointed out. You know, when they got the turnover, it was run, 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 bang, 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 touchdown. Um, and then all of a sudden this pass, 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 that, that was the issue to me. Um, then they self corrected a little bit in the second half and were effective again. Uh, but it was too late and uh, they paid for it. Um, so but I'm not as concerned about Jack Stoll can block. No, he's not Dallas Goddard, but he's a good blocker. Um, I'm not as concerned with that. They have the best offensive line. Um, and even though Jordan, my is having some troubles because of the shoulder, generally a pass protection, not as a run blocker. You can still go straight ahead. Um, I'm not as concerned with the running game. And then you have Jim Jalen hurts impact on the running game. Um, yeah, I, I'm not I'm not concerned at all about that, to be honest. Uh, because I think Jack Stoll can handle that part of it. Uh the issue with Dallas is to me is going to be um what I mentioned before, sort of the trend busting nature of, of what you can do. You can do anything you want with Dallas Goddard on the field. You can pull the defense, you can do anything you want with With Jack, it's going to be more okay. We're going to line up and run the ball, which I think they can do, by the way. You know, I think they can declare and they've proven that hey, there's four minutes left in the game. We're going to run the ball, drain the clock. They've proven they can do that. I think they can still do that. Do you think they will?
3: They like to throw the ball. Joe. Yeah, they do. That's that's why I'm asking the question. If we had asked this question in 2021, the answer would have been, oh, yeah, that's exactly what they're going to do because yeah. they're a running football team. They went out and got A.J. Brown. Now, sons Dallas Goddard, do we see a reverting to the way they won last year? Do they try and just find I think some- the
4: only way they revert to what they were last year is if A.J. really is affected um then they might say, we don't have the ability to do what we want to do, kind of revert back to last year. BJ's healthy if BayJ's ready to go bJ's AJ no, they're gonna throw the ball. they like to throw the ball they want to throw the ball um and it might make them more susceptible to throw the ball because um you know Calcateras obviously a receiver not a uh not a blocker. Tyree's a receiver, not a blocker. Um So they might even be more apt. And 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 you're going to have, as I said, you're going to have more Quez Watkins as well, more 11 personnel, more Zach Pascal, which again points to more throwing the football.
3: Um, in yesterday's press gathering, you, know, you guys did a good job trying to get Sirianni to talk about going back to Indianapolis from whence he came and uh, going up against the Colts. Now, it's not what we thought it was going to be when we saw the schedule. It was going to be a showdown between Sirianni and Frank Reich. Not the case with Frank Kevinby been given his walking papers last week. It's Jeff Saturday against Nick Sirianni, which doesn't have as much uh, overlap and narrative tied to it. But Sirianni was pretty straight-faced when he said, listen, this is about this week's game. Yeah, I was there. It'd be nice to walk into the building, but no, I'm focused on the Eagles getting back on a winning track after losing this past game. Easier said than done? Was he being honest with you guys, or was he saying what he needed to say?
4: He 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 was saying what he needed to say. He says that about players as well. This is a bigger narrative because he's pissed that Frank Wright got fired. He loves Frank Reich. And that ain't, that's no, that's not Nick Sirianni. But he loves Frank Wright and he is angry and disappointed. And he thinks it's unfair. I think it's a bigger narrative than if he were going back and Frank was the coach because they love each other. It's all Hosanna's there at that point. They're all like, I, I love it. He is pissed off at Jim Ursay, and he wants to stick it to Jim Ursay. That is my opinion. All right, fair enough. So here's
3: my question for you. And I'm sure that uh, you and other guys on the beat have attempted and uh, he's, he's seeing it on his phone, Frank Reich, seeing John McMullen's name come up or uh, Zach Berman's name come up. All right. There's no way he's pushing receive. Uh, he's not going to be uh, talking to any of the media this week. Just a guess. If one of you guys get him, God damn it, I'll give you a lot of credit for it. Uh, but I think Frank's going to play very low profile this week. But he's taking Nick Sirianni's calls. When Sirianni oh, yeah. calls, he, he's oh, hitting yeah. talk. Um, is it just he empties the bucket on any scouting report that Nick can get his hands on this week, that there's, as you say, some pretty bad Ursae blood flowing under those oh, yeah. right now? Yeah,
4: Frank Reich is a part of the Eagles, uh, officially or unofficially. It's unofficial, obviously. Yeah, he's helping the Eagles this week. And that's where things have changed. Um, obviously. Wouldn't have been the case. it be and it was, you know, completely unfair what Ursay did, especially when you see what happened. And and Jeff Saturday was allowed to go back to Matt Ryan. I mean, that's a clown show right there. Forcing, you know, he fired but people forget because of what went on. He fired the offensive coordinator, Marcus Brady, before he fired Reich. Right. Um, then he fired Reich and he's like, you got to play Sam Ellinger. We got to think about the future tanking, whatever. And now all of a sudden this buddy comes in who he likes and I don't have a problem with that part. You and I have talked about it. Um, Hey, hire who you want to hire, but you know, then allowing him to say, all right, the obvious answer, who gives you the best chance to win? We always say that that's an obvious freaking answer in Indianapolis. And Frank wasn't allowed to say it. And he is. That's a clown show, Jody. I, I would tend to agree. The cults are there right now.
3: One more right question uh, before we punch up Rob Ellis. Um, we know that he has this very good ongoing relationship with uh, Nick Sirianni. And Nick has done a nice job. Um, deflecting questions about Frank Reich being immediately added to the Eagles. Why don't we hire him this week? Bring him in as a consultant. They can get anything they they want from, Syria, from uh, Reich just by placing a phone call. They don't have to make it official and put him on the payroll. You just said it. He's an Eagle as of right now, and he certainly is this week. But how difficult is that for Reich? Because we know his relationship with Sirianni, but there's a, still a whole bunch of guys in that locker room He's pretty tight with that's still a large part. His coaching staff. All right. They fired the offense coordinator, but all the other uh, coaches, he was part of bringing them in. Maybe some of them, his specific designations, there's a whole bunch of players that are on this team that have been there for a couple of years that you've got to have some kind of loyalty to. How split is Frank Reich this week?
4: Uh, he's probably split. He, you're 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 probably right. I mean, we probably curse more on this show than Frank Reich has in his life. I mean, he is a he is a good guy. He is a he is a straight shooter. Uh, so you know, he, he'll probably do it in a professional manner. Uh, but he, you know, if Nick asks him questions. He's going to answer the questions. Um, I don't think he's going to go try to throw anybody under a bus. But at the end of the day, it's football. I mean, Jim Marseille could have assured that he wasn't giving intel to the Eagles by keeping them on staff. Uh, you know, he has no loyalty to that organization any longer, nor should he. Um, and and from the player's perspective, a lot of that stuff is overrated anyway. It's not like Nick Sirianni and, and Shane Steichen and the coaching staff can't just watch the film and know what Indy's doing anyway. Um, but if he has a specific question about, you know, what they're comfortable with uh, in in a certain situation, and remember, that may have changed because you have a wild card. Not only do you have a wild card in Jeff Satter, you have a wild card in a first-time play caller. Um, it could have all changed anyway might even not be that big of an impact, but he knows about the players and he knows what they're comfortable doing.
3: Yeah, I, I think this is a plus for the Eagles this week. I think Frank Reich will be very forthcoming with anything that Nick Sirianni wants to ask him. And yeah, the bottom line is the players are going to have to go out and compete and make plays and it'll come down to being able to physically play the game little extra added intel, never a bad thing. And I think the Eagles uh, get a little bit more than they would have if Frank. But I guarantee you they got more than well, they would God, have. if yeah. Frank Frank was still the head coach of the Colts. All right, Jenny McDonald and John McMullen hanging with you on Birds 365. I always love talking to my buddy Rob Ellis. He's coming up next. You hear him later in the day right here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel on Sports Take. He does Eagles post game. On the Eagles Radio Network, uh, WIP here in Philadelphia, and all their other outlets. Uh, we haven't had Rob on since the summer, as a matter of fact. So it'd be good to catch up with Rob Ellis next here on Birds 365.
6: <clears throat> Don't wait until after Thanksgiving for leftovers. It's the new leftover sales event at Jeff Ambrosio Destination Downingtown. Jeff must get rid of hundreds of new 2022 vehicles on the lot Rams, Grand Cherokees, Wranglers. Jeff has them all for less. Jeff has reduced prices and payments to the lowest they've been all year. And Jeff knocks down high interest rates, save thousands more than anywhere else. Plus, get more for any trade or lease return. You always win at Jeff's great selection, best price. Hurry in now. Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown. Nobody treats you better. Black Friday sales event.
7: At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience,
2: University, our graduates are among the most highly trained in their profession because of our unique emphasis on research, interprofessional collaboration, and early clinical exposure. Learn more about our programs at salus.edu.
3: It is a Thursday edition of Birds 365 here on the Jacob media YouTube channel and methinks I recognize that hat that our next guest is wearing uh from sports take later on in the day here on Jacob uh, media's YouTube channel and the host of the Eagles post game show on the radio network WIP here in Philly Mr Rob Ellis
0: where do you get that hat Hi boys. Uh I, I you know what? When when Xander and Joe Krause weren't looking, I, I kinda grabbed yeah, him and, yeah. yeah. It's tough. Zan- the it, 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 it,
4: Xander's promised me a Jacob hat for like three months now. So I'm still waiting. I know.
0: I'm telling Xander. you, John. You you yeah. have to take matters into your own hands, man. That's all I can I tell do. you. I gotta show anymore. up. I gotta yeah. but I'm
4: not in town when they're doing the post. So you know it's, it's a good tough, point. it's difficult for me to to steal it but i'll well, get it when,
3: done
0: when we're done i'll just text you their address you can just i was, just go
3: I was gonna say uh, did you hot wire uh <laughs> trunk because otherwise you're not getting your hands on it. If you do i can't uh, give
0: you all the details joe right. yeah okay. right.
3: on the air i get yes. it you're gonna have to text me that's yes. fine uh text me well i'm not gonna accept the text you are gonna have to tell me live here on the show
0: linball joseph how many snaps this week if any Boy, uh, he wasn't the picture of of, of uh, fitness to begin with. So yeah, I, I I would guess after a year layoff at thirty four, how's eight sound? Eight. eight. I like
3: it. You didn't get the double I need, digits. I need more. I need more than eight.
4: Twelve.
0: Twelve ish. I don't know. You know,
4: Bletcher played so many snaps last week, and he himself said he feels pretty shitty. We could mm-hmm. say that here. Um, you know. They play too many snaps as a defense as a whole. They need to get some reps somewhere, and they need to stop the run, I'm told. Uh, That's why he's here. Uh, They got Robert Quinn on the field quickly. They got Chauncey Gardner-Johnson on the field quickly. He knows how to play. Yeah.
0: I got, I got, I need more than eight, Rob. Well, I, I, I guess if they have the, uh, if the defense is on the field for about 59 and a half minutes, he'll probably get more than eight snaps, <laughs> I would guess. <laughs> if it's like last week, maybe you multiply that by like five, considering the yeah. way it went with time of possession. But yeah, yeah, you're right. Eight's probably a little low. I think we do reach Jody the double, the double digits here. If that was the with the over under that you okay. said. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll see if that's
3: the case. Um, how big an issue is the fact that the last three opponents have run the ball as effectively as they have against the Eagles? Are you one of those who say, hey, yeah, but look at it overall. They're 8-1 and, and the defense is still. If you're looking at total yards, uh, they're a top five defense in the league. But if you are at against the run, they're a bottom 12 team in the league. How big an issue is this for the Eagles
0: going into Indianapolis this week against Jonathan Taylor, last year's rushing champion? I think what kind of distinguished the Monday night game versus Washington was, you know, a lot of these games, the Eagles have been up in the fourth quarter and teams will abandon it and they have to throw it a little bit more. Washington didn't have to do that. They had the lead. It was, it was a relatively tight game, but they could just keep going about their game plan. So yeah, I I, look, I, I think you're, you're sticking your head in the sand a little bit. If you don't think it's somewhat of an issue, it sure is. I mean, not every team's perfect. Every team's got one of these Achilles heels it's just starting to become a little bit more glaring here and especially when you look at the lineup of the running backs they're going to be facing yeah i mean i don't don't think there's any way you're not concerned about i I was worried before in that they were giving up big chunks per carry and i also understand too jonathan gannon's defense is all about not giving up the home runs he's going to give you singles and doubles here and there which means teams are going to get six yards per carry yeah you know the, the difference i think Last week on Monday, God, it's what what is today? Thursday? I don't know. Yeah. It all kind of runs together. But the difference with Monday, I think, th- they were in a lot of third and manageables where teams maybe haven't been as much this year. Um, so yeah, I mean, you're coming, you're, you're facing a team in Jonathan Taylor where you know they're not going to ask Matt Ryan to probably do a ton. They're going to go with the same blueprint they went with last week that got him a win. Mind you, it's over a garbage Raiders team, but they're going to go with that same blueprint. So you're going to have to show that you can stop it early.
4: Yeah, you you mentioned the gash in Houston uh, uh, on the Thursday night game. They got gashed by Mm -hmm. Damian Pierce. You know, they gave up 3.1 yards per carry against Washington, Rob, and their longest run, Washington's longest run, was 11 yards. Mm -hmm. Is the offense – did we give the offense a pass in this game? Because they're not getting any of the
0: criticism, and they were a big part of that loss. Well, you guys both know what this is. Everybody's waiting to pounce on Gannon. They're just waiting. And, 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 that, and that was the perfect opportunity, the perfect opening there. Um, I think you saw some really horrific drives, like the first drive of the second half. What, what, what was that? The yeah. last drive of the first half. What was that? I mean, that was two consecutive drives by the offense where they, I thought it was awful. I thought the execution was terrible. I didn't like the play calling that went along with it. The offense is absolutely getting a pass. How does Miles Sanders get one touch in the first half? I know you hardly have the ball, but part of that is stay on the field a yeah. little bit more and you'll have the ball a little bit more. It, you know, it does cut both ways. It's definitely more on the defense with the way that they played on Monday night, but the offense absolutely owns this. I mean, football is the ultimate team game. It really is.
3: Here's why I'm not as upset with the if you're just analyzing the game plan, the the play calling from play to play, offense to defense. The two biggest reasons the Eagles lost on Monday on the offensive side were fumbles.
0: Yeah.
3: It's yep. the Goddard fumble, it's the Quez Watkins fumble. Coach they didn't coach him to fumble. That <laughs> that that isn't part of their working week to work uh, You scramble again and try and recover the fumble. No, but they coach for-
4: him not to fumble, Jody. And there's right, no and th- lock, oh, no lock involved. There's no to Nick lock involved. There's no lock involved.
3: Very, very good, J-Mac. Yeah. Uh, and, oh, by the way, I think I mentioned this on Tuesday. Uh, good hustle by Devonta Smith. He almost got that Quez yeah, Watkins fumble. He did. Yeah, He was yeah. about 20 yards downfield, and he went flying and diving in. And he almost came up with it, which would have been used. Changed <laughs> the whole direction of our conversation this yeah. week. And no, that's why I got a bigger problem, because – the defense is the defense and what Gannon puts together and the scheme that he has in and the guys he has on the field dictates things. There wasn't a tipped ball or a, uh, a bounce that went against the defense. No, it was earned by the Redskins. Whereas offense, you had something that the Eagles just hadn't done in nine games, which is put the ball on the ground. They had
0: not done it all year. Yeah. You just hit it, Jody. That's why I think that game was kind of an anomaly. Look, they got outplayed. There's no excuses. I'm not making any excuses, but they generally don't turn it over the way that they did in that game. You had some bad breaks along the way, which it happens. You're going to have to overcome that kind of stuff if you're a really good football team. But they did get some bad breaks. There's no denying it. So I think there was a lot of things that that went into it. And I think John and Jody, you know, you look at when you win, like the Houston game, for example. I know a lot of people weren't focused on it because the Phillies were playing. When you win and you're giving up a ton on the ground, it's kind of like, all right, but we survived it. And not that I think this team got lackadaisical or was smelling themselves, but I do think when you lose, it drives the message home a little bit more. And maybe there's a little bit more of an emphasis or at least a lock in or a buy in from certain players that we need to do things a little bit differently. You know, we can't just get away with it all the time. It's going to bite us at some point. So if it serves as anything, I think that that could be a positive losing this game. Serves as that kind of a wake up call, a little bit, coaches and players, because that was that was a game that was there to be taken for sure. Washington oh, yeah. is nothing special, and and yeah. you know, Taylor Heineke is is he might be an upgrade from Wentz, but he's nothing special either. Yeah, yeah that's fair.
4: Um, so let's talk about you know change. You know, I'm I'm you get to talk to callers on on WIP. You see the stream on your show. Um, I'm kind of stunned how quickly Rob people have gone from. I don't see a loss on the schedule to I don't see a win on the schedule. I mean, they're still eight and one. They still got a top five offense, a top five defense. Why is everyone change this, change this? Is it we've been talking about this lull? It was coming. I didn't know where. It's the nature of this league. Kansas City loses, Buffalo loses. Everybody loses. Mm -hmm. These games happen. Why does everyone want? immediate change and by the way the eagles gave them immediate change they they lose one game and they go out and sign a 34 year old nose tackle that seems like a little
0: panic to me to be honest mm-hmm. i i john i think it's two things i think it's the nature of the beast with the nfl and the eagles right it is it's once a week there's only 17 of them you, you lose your mind over anything you know just like you're going to go 17 and 0 you go to that extreme to the other extreme and, oh, my God, this team's in trouble. So I, I think there's a pendulum swing that is, that is really woof, either side. I think the other part is it's just the way things are in 2022. I think some of it is social media. I think there, there's just more of a voice and people are there to react a little bit more and think about it a little bit more. And we're presented with so many more either opinions, stats, everything that goes along with it, I think feeds into sort of a an extremist. Either way, like you go heavy one way or the other. Um, And and let's face it. I mean, I think in a weird way, there's, I don't want to say like an awakening, like all of a sudden people are paying attention to the Eagles, but now with the Phillies gone, I think there's more focus. You had that quirky scheduling where they played, what, twice in 29 days and 11 days off. And I I think you finally got a game and, and people were frothing at the mouth and it was kind of a dud, let's face it. And I think that brings out that kind of reaction as well.
3: All right, so Rob, they lose a game, and you knew it was coming. Some people singing the narrative, some of their players too included, that a loss could be a good thing. It gets the monkey off their back of the undefeated season conversation. They don't have to worry about it. It's now in their rear view mirror. I think that's often overstated, if irrelevant at all. And if you're gonna give it any relevancy you have to turn around and win this week. Okay, you're right. You were less pressurized this week, and you could just do what you got to do and you went out and won a game on the road as a favorite, touchdown favorite, find you, but on the road. Um, does that actually add pressure
0: this week to the fact that they now have to go out and win this Colts game? Mm. I, I, Jody, I, I, at first, let me look at the other way. I think it's a weird emotional game for the Colts, too, because last week was... Nobody believes in Jeff Saturday. All they've done is killed us for this move, and they go out and win on the road, right? So can you keep that same emotional pitch if you're not a super talented team like I don't think the Colts are this week? I do wonder about that a little bit at the angle that they come at it. But to answer your question, I was not one who said you have to lose. They can't handle this pressure of being 17-0 and all that. I I didn't buy that. But I did find it interesting after the game that it was one of the – and, John, you could speak to this. I'm sure you were right there when he had his – Lakers had on and he was talking to the media, AJ Brown uh, yeah. did bring it up almost right away. Now, I don't know if that was just sort of like, Hey, we got it over with and yeah, or it was really sort of starting to wet, starting to weigh on these guys. Um, So yeah, yeah. Jody, you do. To answer your question, if you're going to put it out there, you do have to go and win this game yeah. and basically say, all right, well that's off our back. We're, we're the better team. We're six and a half point favorites. You know, and we, they don't care about that. We do, but they go out there and they have to take care of it. I mean, look, the other thing you have to show is at some point." You're not going to get shredded on the ground. I know it's Jonathan Taylor, but you got to at least contain him. You go from there. Your offense should be able to flourish. I know there are guys that are banged up a little bit and, you know, AJ, Devontae, Kelsey feeling it a little bit, but, you know, they've been really healthy all year. This is the first time they've been struck with this. I mean, and they, they would in much better shape than, than virtually any other team in the NFL in terms of games lost. So, Figure out a way to overcome it if you're really this good a team. So yeah, I do think they need to go out there and 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 really play a clean game this week and get back to who they are. Run the ball, play off of that a little bit, and and just, you know, defensively contain the run and then force turnovers. I know Matt Ryan has been a, a really good to great player in this league, but he's not that same guy anymore. So if you could take the running game away, he has limited weapons. You should be able to create some turnovers and get to him. Well, what
4: you know, you talk about those injuries, Rob, and the biggest one this week being Dallas Goddard. Now we know he's going to be gone for four games. Did we overrate the depth of this team, or is it the coaching staff? Now, we haven't seen it with Dallas, but we've seen it with Jordan Davis, who, you know, is a role player. Very good role player, but he's a role player. He only played 25, 30 snaps a game. And they've had a very, very difficult time replacing him to the point that they're signing a 34-year-old nose tackle off the street. Um, Devontae De- 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 Smith and and A.J. And Brown. A.J. gets banged up a little bit. He still played, but yep. they had a really difficult time. He wasn't himself. Um, is that coaching more, not being able to adjust when he can't replace these players? You go back to the Super Bowl season, people kind of forget – Jason Peters wasn't there. They know Carson Wentz wasn't there. Halapuli Baitai was the starting left tackle on the Super Bowl team. Jordan Hicks was gone. He was the leader of the defense. Nigel Bradham stepped in as the, the green dot, so to speak. They overcame a lot of injuries to go to that Super Bowl. Significant injuries. More significant than this team. But this team, it's early, but they've had trouble replacing players
0: that aren't there. Yeah, John, it's a fair point. Look, I I think we've gone so far overboard with it, and I and I really like Jordan Davis, and I think he's going to be a stud. But we're acting like he's Jerome Brown and Warren Sapp rolled into one. I mean, you lose him, and oh my God, you can't stop anybody. You the three of us could run for for a buck fifty on them. Like somebody's <laughs> got to step up here, first yeah. of all. So, but the other thing we're going to find out about is Jonathan Gannon. Look, I've been a staunch supporter of him to the point where I, I get killed for it, but you know, this is where to find out if you can really coach. Yeah. You've lost some pieces here and something's been exposed here. And, you know, with a blueprint and all that other stuff we could talk about, L- let's find out what you're made of now with adapting and overcoming, you know, what's happening here. I-, I think in terms of the depth thing. Yeah. I think they're a little bit thin, John. I think we- there was a real mistake made special teams wise with, with players. Like you have a couple guys who were special teamers in Sean Bradley and, and maybe a few others, but for the most part, you're you're going like square peg round hole kind of guys with the Kobe Dean, and I think that was a bit of a mistake personnel wise by Howie. He's hit on a lot of other things, but yeah, they may lack depth a little bit. It's let's face it, it's a pretty decent fall off from Goddard to Stoll, or if you're asking a rookie like Calcaterra to step up, that's a that's a big big leap here. Now you're asking Linval Joseph to step in there off the street, you know, having sat for a while, mind you, has been a really good NFL player, but. Yeah, you are, you are lacking a little bit of depth. Let's face it. The other thing is, and I know I'm all over the place, but your edge rushers need to start being better. You know, I know Sweat has the big strip sack, but yeah. where's BG? You know, where are the rest of these guys? They need to be better than they have been getting to the quarterback.
3: Yeah, Reddick didn't do anything on Monday yeah. night against the commanders either. Um, all three of us have been more uh, supporters of the defensive coordinator than haters on a defensive coordinator. I might be the third of the three if you're as big as you say you are, Rob, but I know John is. Is it not fair to call Jonathan Gannon stubborn that he's got his system and I'm not changing until I get beaten over the head and uh, I'm directly dictated to by the head coach, which, oh, by the way, on Monday night, the coach did say, We need to make changes quicker. We need to react and uh, do some adjusting on the fly. He did say that, and I thought that that was directly pointed at Gannon. Is that a fair criticism of Gannon, that he is a little bit uh, overly stubborn with his way of getting things done?
0: I think it's fair. I mean, last year, he didn't have the personnel. And you had to do what you had to do to survive, just like the offense had to do what they had to do in terms of running the ball. So I, I understand it more last year. He's got better players this year, which I think should allow him a little more leeway or wiggle room to maybe get out of his comfort zone and, and force it a little <laughs> bit more. Whether it's a run blitz, whether it's a pass blitz, whether it's just changing up something, stunning a little bit more, whatever. Um, so, yeah, I do think there's a stubbornness. I think, I think there's a faith. And a belief in the system, and, and let's face it, it, you know, if we're looking at it from his standpoint, up until last week, I think they were averaging 16.9 points per game uh, allowed, which I think was fourth yeah. in the NFL up until that point. You know, your your hallmark, like your 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 jumping off point, is always 17 points for any good defensive coordinator. Will tell you that they were just a hair under that. So I, for me, as much as it was frustrating sometimes with with some of the softer things, the the coverage and the And then not giving up a big play that could be frustrating for a fan. I get that. It let's face it, it had worked. Now it didn't work last week, and you need to change off of that. This is where I think it needs to be a little bit of an awakening. And I think this is where Sirianni too needs to lean into him a little bit and say, Jonathan, listen, man, it's it's been awesome so far, but you know we're seeing some bad trends here, and against some of these better running backs, maybe we need to change it up here. The head coach needs to to kind of get on him a little bit uh, and do things a little bit differently, Jody. So I think he is a little stuck.
4: And Nick's a CEO coach, so mm-hmm. and, and he takes pride in having his thumbs in all pies. I, right. I will say this from uh, talking to coaches um, for so many years, and not just Jonathan Gannon, but uh, coaches all the time tell me, look, you, you practice to play a certain way. And if you throw all that out and start doing something wildly different, what sense does that make? I, I, it's always, you know, I, I think I get the frustration of, of bands, but it does make sense. If you practice something all week and all year and all spring and all summer and then say, you know what, guys, we're going to throw this in the trash,
0: that's kind of a panic move,
4: isn't it? Yeah.
0: I, I, that's why I think it's amendments, not, not rip it up and, and, and throw it in the garbage. I think right. that you, I think it's tweaks. I, you know, I, I think the other thing is he knows also the, the flaws and the people who can be exposed if he does some of the things that maybe the fan base wants and what that could potentially turn into, oh, yeah. you know, it's, so I think there's a, there's, there's definitely some of that as well, just knowing his personnel certainly better than, than anybody else knows. So I think there's some of that, but yeah, John, I don't think it's all of a sudden, Hey, listen, I know what we've been doing all year. Forget that we're doing this. I don't think you do that, but I do think you look, I mean, they know what happened. They know what's been happening. They know what they've kind of gotten away with. So, you know, at some point you can't just do the definition of insanity thing and hope it changes.
3: I'll I'll run these numbers by you. I did this early in the show, but you weren't on Rob Uh, 83 snaps for the uh, commanders on Monday. They had two tight ends on the field for 40 of those 83 snaps.
0: You know what's coming.
3: Yes. I'm guessing they're going to run the football. I'm not going yeah. out on a limb by saying I think they're going to run the football the majority time off that particular uh, formation. You can't get an extra tackler on the field. You can't get an extra linebacker on the field and get Josiah Scott off the field when the other team is basically raising their hand and saying, we're going to run the football this time. Yeah. that that's not changing your defensive philosophy that's as you called it correctly so tinkering yeah he's got to be able to tinker he's got to be able to do certain things not massive changes not mm-hmm. get him on the field an extra linebacker change from a the defense they play to a standard nfl four three defense no it's on given plays depending on, and and i don't know gannon well enough john knows him better than me but i know nfl football coaches they all want to dictate terms They want to put their position in place and make the other team uh, change for them. Well, sometimes when the other team's getting better, you can't just continue and say, well, screw it. We're doing it my way. I'm not changing. I'm not going to make any adjustments. No, you got to When the other team's running it effectively against you, react to that and make it and tinker rather than make a change.
0: I think that's fair. Look, I, I think that's fair. It's one of the biggest beefs I have with Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers has a uh, sometimes a decent game plan going into games. In-game, he's terrible. He never has no tinkers. feel for when to call <laughs> a timeout. Never, yeah. never tinkers. Never yeah. tinkers. It's basically yeah. like, eh, this is what I drew up and we're going with it. And, it, and if I'm going to kill Doc Rivers, which I do all the time, I need to get on Jonathan Gannon for not making an adjustment.
4: Well, yeah, but is this the week? I guess. Like, I don't know why this is the Jonathan week. Like Taylor, yeah, I it, would say this is the week. No, 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 no. I'm saying the Washington game. Like, why is this coming up in the Washington game? Like, what are you gonna? Is John, three, it's not one-
3: the Washington game. Pittsburgh, who Najee Harris is having a lousy year, went for a buck 40, uh, uh Damon Pierce, a rookie, uh, toted it in for one hundred fifty, and the Texans went for one sixty. And the commanders went yeah, to but, not but, one game. But, it's three games running
4: that they've had the ball run down their throats. But what what's the difference between the first two and the last one? Is they lost the game. And actually, they were most successful stopping the run in the last one, the game they lost, because as Rob pointed out, this is the ultimate team game. And oh, by the other the, the other side that keeps getting a pass for some stinking reason didn't hold up their end because if they didn't fumble and as Jason Kelsey said, it wasn't a base mask if they didn't call the damn thing. So it's not a base mask, but uh, they got some bad luck, which Nick Sirianni doesn't adhere to, but they've got some bad luck, but the offense didn't hold up their end. If the offense just holds up their ends, we're not having this conversation because they're nine and oh, I, my only point is, I don't get why the panic strikes in in this game, which was such an outlier. There's no doubt about it. Jonathan Gannon has made the cost-benefit analysis. He he always says, no matter what defense you call, there's going to be tough duty. And he wants to play with light boxes. And the tough duty is stopping the run because he wants to prevent explosive plays. That has been successful eight out of nine times. I just don't get the panic, and is 3.1 going to become 2.9? Is 11 yards going to become 9 yards as the
0: longest run? Like, why this game? It's mind-boggling. I think, John, the other thing is, you know, fans are looking at bigger picture, too. Like, they're certainly reacting to that game. I'm not, I'm not saying that. But I think they're also looking at it like, wow, this team really has a chance to win a Super Bowl or get to a Super Bowl or get out of the NFC, however you want to look at it. I think they're also viewing it that way, and they may feel like you know, once you start, once you get to the playoffs, or once you play the Cowboys again, or whomever. However, you want to you know use your measuring stick, are they good enough? It's not just getting past Washington on a Monday night. It's not just getting past Houston on a, on a Thursday night. It's it's bigger picture. Are you able? to is be- it
4: the bigger picture, Rob? The bigger picture is Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, mm-hmm. maybe Joe Burrow, maybe Tua. Mm-hmm. That's the bigger picture. Those are the teams. If you get to where you want to get,
0: you, you got to worry about them. You do, John, but you got to worry about the Niners who can throw a couple good running backs at you, you know, and other you teams. You can to to the, the be NFC meeting.
3: before you get to the Yeah, Who are
0: you going to you're gonna be meeting in the NFC just to get to the big dance? I, I think there's, there's some of that, uh, that that accompanies this. Like, and here's the other thing. Things have been so good that you're going to you're going to nitpick and just hammer anything that looks even remotely bad. You know, we know that. Like, how weird was last week? I don't know about you guys. Like, just trying to get creative for the show leading into the Monday game. I was out of stuff, man. Honestly, (laughs) like, I'm like, what the hell am I talking about today? Three games in
4: 29 days. Right. But
0: I think some of that breeds, you, you know, just going overboard on certain things. And then, John, we got it. You know, it served up on a platter on Monday night. So, therefore, you're going to go crazy about
3: it. Well, and and if you uh, revert back to Thursday game, Damien Pierce ran it down their throats. Oh, yeah. Now,
4: That's if you saying. want
3: to add the deodorant of but the Eagles won, okay, fine. Well, when you don't have that deodorant anymore and they lost the game, guess what? People are going to go back to, yeah, and the Steelers ran it against them. Yeah, and the Texans ran it against them. And now the commanders are running but, against them but, in three weeks' but running. But I, I
4: guess my point is that's baked in. They're playing with light boxes. They know they're going to give up run. They know they're yeah. going to give up some rushing yards. They've made that cost-benefit analysis and said, I'll give up this to take this away. Now, right. if you want to argue with the theme, I think that's a valid argument. If you want to say that's not the way to do it, but they understand that they said, look, that's why they went out and got Lindball. They said, look, we want to play light boxes and we don't have Jordan Davis. We got to find somebody where we can play light boxes. Now, if you want to argue with that theme, I'm all with you. I'd say, all right, that's a legitimate argument, but they know they've decided to, it's okay to get gassed in the wrong way. I, I think, John,
0: that that theme is contingent upon your offense doing their job. And yes. maybe nights yes. where they didn't, right? And they certainly yes. didn't Monday. But the, the problem is if you're can you win a game that way? we don't see any games like this anymore, but 10-7 or 13-10. I don't know. You know, if the other team just plays that keep away thing and you can't get your offense on the field or and or when they get on the field, they're failing. I don't know if you can survive that. It's not the argument
3: is
4: is the better one to me.
0: My
3: stance is I'm good with light boxes most of the time. If that's your base and that's what you believe in most good on you, Jonathan Gannon. But you have to be able to have offshoots. You've got to be able to tinker, to use Rob Ellis's word. Mm -hmm. And I'm seeing no evidence that's the case that when getting throws the defense out there, this is my defense, that we've already signed off on it. We know we're going to be giving up certain stuff, but we're going to benefit in other areas, and we're going to go through it hell or high water. I'd like to see some flexibility. The best teams, Super Bowl contending teams, have flexibilities and plan Bs. And that's what bothers me about the Eagles defense the last couple of weeks is there's no plan B. I'm, I'm good with sticking with plan A, but you got to sprinkle in plan B every once in a while and they don't seem to be willing to do that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fair. Look, it's, it's a fair criticism. And and so, John, in your estimation this week, do we see sort of the same thing? I know Joseph oh, yeah. might be working. defense. We're not same seeing any, defense. any any.
4: Yeah. okay, no extremes. They like want to stop explosive plays. And and here's the thing. The, the This coaching staff has said consistently, Rob, if you win the turnover battle and you win the explosive play battle, you're going to win the game. They were 8-0 doing it. They're 0-1 not doing it. They lost one uh, with the turnover battle. So if they win the turnover battle, they limited the explosive plays. They would have won that game. That's why I don't understand why the offense is getting the pass. Now, look, the defense was on the – there's no – as I said, there is no reason they can't get off the field on third downs. I think the bigger issue was third down defense. And a lot of that has to do with first and second down because they were in manageable situations. But when in the second half, when they did get the third and seven or third and eights or more, they got off the field. There were nine of 12 to start in on third downs, Washington, which was terrible. And then it got better as the game went on. So I do think they improved a little bit. The offense didn't hold up their end of the bargain. And it was, by the way, that was an outlier, you know, they don't turn the ball over. Typically, they're very good about that. But that's the reason they lost the game. And that's the part, I guess, I can't get my head around mm-hmm. is is the offense getting the pass.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And look, I think there are a few people like Darius Slay's getting a pass. You know, there, there, yeah. there are people. Well, I
4: brought up and Slay had his worst game of the year.
0: Yeah. yeah. So I, I think people you're generally accustomed, like how often is A.J. Brown going to go one for seven? You know, yeah. how Devontae very quiet uh, for the most. I know he had a touchdown, but pretty quiet night in general. Goddard was quiet up until you know getting hurt. Again, some of that is they weren't on the field. I understand that. But you, you had a lot of outlier kind of performances, which I don't think you're going to get again. And I no. think as long as it's not the extreme of third-down conversions and and the extreme of the amount of yards that, that they're chewing up, Eagles will be fine. They're the better team most weeks. All right, uh, last question for you. And I don't know if D-Gun,
3: if you brought this up on your show uh, here later in the day on the Jacob Media YouTube channel sports take d gun got a relationship with frank reich
0: uh yes
3: yes do you think he can find out over the weekend how frank reich whites is the game where he watches it does he actually pump his fist when the Eagles score, when the Colts score? Think D-Gunn can find that out for us?
0: I will. Uh, as soon as we're done, there will be a text. Uh, <laughs> <from> Mr. Gunn. <laughs> that will happen, Jody. I promise you that. I'll keep you posted.
3: It will be very interesting yes. if we can get that uh, piece of information. Uh, Robbie, great stuff. Thank Always you appreciate when you're up on board. Thanks, brother. We appreciate will get you back on down the road.
0: All right. Thanks, Sounds Rob. Good.
3: Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. You don't have to go too far. Keep it right here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel to get more Rob Ellis this afternoon with his buddy, Derek Gunn, and our pal, Big Barrett Brooks. Um, I'd love to be a fly on the wall wherever Frank Reich is watching this game on Sunday because I'd love to know how his loyalties and allegiances are split for the game. Uh, McMullen, are you going to Indianapolis, by the way?
4: Um, yes, uh that is the plan. You're leaving when uh don't know yet, but you that is the yet. plan. Okay,
3: all right. But tomorrow, uh you're here for hour number one, but not for hour number two. Is that right?
4: That is correct. Big Barrett's gonna be in for hour number two. Gotcha. Uh, so gotta uh, get you're... down for Nick Siriani, get some uh juicy uh off the records. You're
3: getting some stuff out of the coach Manana, and then uh taking off for Indianapolis. We're gonna come back and before we take off we're going to put out bow on the show here on birds 365
2: go to get your game on go for the beers go for the cheers go for the hit and the hits go for the stakes and the stakes go to get your parlay on go to get your party on go for the scene go for the screens go for the gallery go for the win go to ocean
8: visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit since 1977 at rafferty subaru we have always been about our customers and the community early on a safe and durable option we've evolved to become the best overall brand according to kelly blue book over the last 14 years we've donated thousands of dollars through the subaru share the love event and found homes for hundreds of pets the rafferty family is proud of our 45 years in business this month celebrate our anniversary with special financing on select models visit us and see why
9: the greatest fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia
3: you Mac and Mac guys here on bird 365 for the roll on the show. Um, all right, so you're heading in today to. Um, is t- today coordinator Tuesday on Thursday? Is that. Yeah,
4: happy Thursday. Happy but, Thursday? Yeah.
3: You think it'll be a happy Thursday? Or is Jonathan Gannon hearing guys like Jody McDonald? Question is. Oh, to- he
4: hears it because he got. Uh, there's more. More people closer to Jody McDonald than John McMullen on uh, Jonathan Gannon days, if you know yeah, what I
3: mean. probably. And and again, uh, I just want to be on the record. I'm a Gannon fan. I think he's a good defensive coordinator. I think the Eagles could be in a much worse place with their defensive coordinator. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I think Gannon's one of the better defensive coordinators in the national football. He's not the best, that's for damn sure, but he's one of the better ones I'm not sure he's as hotly uh, – should be as hotly uh, looked at around the league as he is uh, that he got uh, the interviews last year as head coach. But, yeah, I'm going to question him. If he if he has a bad week, I'm going to question him. He doesn't get a I pass for me because I think time. he's been good for a year and a half.
4: I question him all the time. I, I, I do know his philosophy, though, and I know why he does things um, – and he knows he's given up some rushing yardage. Like, that's part of the part of the deal. That's part of the philosophy. And remember, the philosophy, one of my biggest criticisms of Jonathan Gannon, to be honest, is the philosophy is not his. It comes from somebody else. Uh, so it's a copycat situation. But, um, you know, there's 12 teams, last time I checked, that run this scheme. And they all have done the same cost-benefit analysis. And that's part of it. Part of it is light boxes. Part of it is giving up some things in the running game that fans aren't going to be happy with on particular game days because it doesn't look great. But that, trust me, that is baked into the theme and the philosophy.
3: I'm okay with a having theme and a philosophy and borrowing it from somewhere else. If you believe in it, you believe in it. That's I, I don't care if, if, if somebody else created it first. If you can make it work, good on you, Jonathan Gannon. I just want to see a little flexibility. I I don't want it to be like stone tablets coming down from the mount. We shall not do it any other way. The tablet yeah. is
4: the tablet has come down from the mount, Jody. Bam. That's, that's what it that's the complaint. That's the complaint.
3: That's a good way to lose football games. And they found a way to lose a football game. They went a lot this week though. against Washington. Yeah, they have. More so for the offense than the defense, at least my opinion if you put them both on the scales. Yeah, the offense has been more than expected in their preseason expectations. Number three versus number three. Um, Overall, you're talking? Yeah. All right. Yeah, well, they, they, we'll see if they can stay at number three after this week against Jonathan Taylor. I think it's going to be heavy lifting for the defense. All right, partner. Uh, let's do this thing again tomorrow. You're going to be in the first hour, Barrett Brooks, the second hour. But that means you and I back tomorrow uh, some 22 hours from now. Let's do it. Johnny Mac, Jordy Mac here in 2 and 2.
1: You've been listening to Birds 365. <laughs>